And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap back into the spotlight. Kevin Frazier, DKM, and J. Cal. 
What is up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. No, no, we're not doing any of that. Hey, this is the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. Now, clearly you can see there's no Jack Stain here. Unfortunately, there were some circumstances beyond our control. We had to postpone that interview. That interview will still happen down the road. Maybe we won't be talking about uh, by any means necessary when we do talk to Jax, uh, but I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about when we do uh, get him rescheduled for the show. You might also notice we're missing another member, Kevin Frazier. So I, I made a few phone calls, DK. I don't know if you know this or not, but I added somebody to the show. I, I got somebody who's going to fill in today for Kevin, somebody we all know very, very well. And, well, he's a little bit shy, so there won't be a, a video of him. But you can hear our good pal, Jaden. Jaden from got- Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. He's joining us, but uh, he, he won't be on video, just audio only. So, uh, DKM Jaden, welcome to the show, guys. What's going on? Welcome, everybody. Uh, nice seeing you guys again. Uh, the reason I'm on camera is because there's actually some top secret stuff going on right now that I can't reveal. Um, it has to do with some Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators news. Plus, if you really want to see me, check me out on my OnlyFans. If you want to see me, you got to pay to see me. Okay. Yowzers. <laughs> uh, DK, how are you doing, buddy? I'm trying to figure out how much you'd have to pay me to go see Jaeger's OnlyFans. So, by the way, I thought Dr. Z fired you for somebody else. Well, no, that's a misconception. Honestly, uh, I'm still with the company. It's just uh, they decided to put Mr. Molina as a, as a public face because he doesn't piss as many people off as I do. So I still am a member of the of the organization. I'm still a member, help with the, um, the matchmaking, even though Mr. Molino, Mr. Jim Molino of ECW fame is the matchmaker. I still give him advice and bring him new wrestlers to look at. And I, basically, Mr. Molly just took the position of Dr. Zirconium. And uh, being a world-famous doctor, he has a lot on his plate. And uh, Mr. Molyneux has helped him out so we can continue to grow. Jim Molyneux? That- All right. It's something like you had an entire hour's worth of an uh, interview to try to get that right. Maybe. Maybe. Hey, anyways, this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information. I guess DKM just had his fill of it and uh, stormed off. Typical DK. Anyways, this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. Again, that's your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance and the United Wrestling Network. My name is Jay Cal. And, of course, I just mentioned the man to my right is Jaden from Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, also one of the original co-hosts of this podcast, the Alliance Guys podcast. And we've been in business. Well, should we say the word business? We've been podcasting for damn near 13 years. We just celebrated our birthday. Yes, this podcast has a birthday. It was October the 17th, which I believe was Sunday. And uh, I really felt like going on a live stream and talking to you guys about uh, this podcast and how long we've been uh, been around and how long we've uh, been a part of this NWA fam community. We were the community. <laughs> Before us, there wasn't much of a community. And that's why I'm very happy that Jaden's here to, to be a part of this show because, again, this is like the 13th anniversary of that very first podcast where Jaden actually called in and heard this 
this whiny, nasally voice talking about Blue Demon Jr. and the 10 pounds of gold. And uh, it's kind of come full circle. We're here. We're here. We're here to talk about NWA. We're here to talk about pro wrestling. And, of course, we're just here to have a good time with you, uh, that hashtag NWA fam. DKM, what are your earliest memories of the Alliance Guys podcast? Well, there are so many. Of course, I remember the first time I called in. I remember when Jade and I destroyed one of the first versions of the thing. <laughs> was that I blame Fordell Walker on that one, not us. Yeah, that was Fordell Walker. That was a yeah. That, <laughs> that was an interesting. I remember when my now past cat made a guest appearance. Uh, let me see what else do I remember? And multiple times your dogs too. Yes, I, I can remember signing off with, you know, God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> do you remember? I think it was Chaz Taylor. You guys were holding down the interview and I was driving to Las Vegas and my reception kept cutting in and out. Well, I remember making fun of you for it. So, you know. <laughs> or or the uh, episode where at um, half the way through, I had to go to the other room to console my crying baby because... Uh, uh, mom, mom had to step out of the house for a few minutes, and uh, my now seven-year-old was just a, a newborn baby. I remember when you had to console DK that one time for crying because he ran out of tacos. That was that, a sad day. That was last week. <laughs> it was still a sad day. <laughs> This is the original lineup, guys. So if you uh, if you're enjoying this show, uh, that's awesome. If you're not, that's okay too. Um, we, we're breaking format. We like I said, we were uh, expecting to speak to um, former world's heavyweight champion Jack Zane, and uh, as great of a guy he is, unfortunately he had to cancel on us. And it's no hard feelings. We completely understand. Um, but uh, you know, we we do miss. Uh, we were really looking forward to having that time to speak with Jax. So, again, we're going to kind of break the format tonight. We're going to be talking to you guys. Uh, if you have any uh, memories of the National Wrestling Alliance in the last 13 years, hey, let's talk about them. Um, I know today I posted on the Alliance blog Instagram account of something that happened uh, pretty cool about three years ago when I flew out to Nashville, Tennessee, and went to the old TNA Asylum to watch the NWA 70th anniversary show. I finally got to see Cody Rhodes defend the 10 pounds of gold. And uh, and on a night where he gave it his all in a two out of three falls match, unfortunately, Cody succumbed to the uh, to the uh, uh, clover. What does he call it? The Kingsland Cloverleaf. And Nick Aldis uh, regained that title, a title that he literally held till just about two months ago. He was... Well, that was one of the faults. Was that only one of the falls? That wasn't the final fall? No, the final fall was the Cody rolls up uh, all this and all this just like it's Cody. I I guess I forgot that. Uh, But needless to say, that was a a pretty fun time in the end of the way. It was a very exciting time. Um, the NWA had kind of been married to what was going on with the all-in, with the elite, with uh, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. And it really helped project the National Wrestling Alliance to the forefront 
I know uh, some people would disagree with that, but it, it really did get some eyeballs on the product. And as somebody who attended that 70th anniversary show, I know that there was a lot of elite fans, a lot of Ring of Honor fans, and a lot of folks who were a part of that all-in event who decided to come to what they thought might be the uh, sequel to that. You know, that actually made me think of something, guys. Um, yeah. That was an, uh, basically like a multiple promotion event, and the NWA seems to be working a lot with other promotions, Ring of Honor, Impact, All Elite. There's the uh, pr- pr- proverbial forbidden door. Um, anybody else think they should just close that door and the NWA should concentrate on themselves? Maybe get a larger roster of their... I mean, I know they're not promoting a lot and they're mostly a television company at the moment with a sporadic event and pay-per-view but I don't know how, well, how is it special that the NWA has somebody if you can also see them at Impact and also see them at Ring of Honor and also see somebody in All Elite and then your NWA guys why are they even special if you can see them anywhere um, I, I understand working together with companies Dog does it itself uh, but Dog likes to work with companies where you don't normally see the wrestlers in that area so it brings something special or bring in wrestlers from places you're not going to see uh, you can see all the wrestlers on wednesday and friday nights depending you know how the week goes for them uh you could see impact wrestlers on thursday nights you can see ring of honor wrestlers wherever they happen to be syndicated uh but what about the nwa maybe they should concentrate more on them well i i will disagree with you on one thing i don't think anybody sees impact <laughs> no matter when it's on. But honestly, of course, I'm notorious for, you know, not liking. First of all, can we do one phrase, Forbidden Door? That was a quickly created term talking about the relationship between New Japan and all the league. And now it seems to be affecting, you know, any promotions working together. Promotions have worked together on and off all the time. It's not exactly new. And of course, you know, anybody who's not the big two have had their guys on independent shows and, and everything. So that's not exactly new. But I don't like necessarily buddy, buddy, you know, camaraderie where on one show you're going to have, you know, three sets of world tag team champions and two world champions and, you know, a TV champion, a social media champion, and a Bob's your uncle's champion, and whatever. You know, it's, so it's. I believe for the most part, you should keep your top people out of that stuff. And maybe your lower and mid card guys you can exchange in and out. The, the trick is using everybody to something. You know, we shouldn't see one version of uh, Slice Boogie and MLW and a totally different version of Slice Boogie and NWA. They're, you know, uh, Jack Dane shouldn't be a face here, but a heel there. You know, that type of stuff. And, you know, the truth is, everyone's got a book of power they blank well choose. Or this guy's a tag team in this promotion with this guy, base a tag team with another guy in another promotion. Those are things that tend to bother me. And so, yeah, you got to work on NWA and NWA storylines and kind of go forth. 
I, uh, I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying at all. Um, the NWA, we do, it was just a few years ago when the National Wrestling Alliance was a uh, collection, of collaborative of wrestling promotions who were affiliated through recognizing one world's heavyweight championship. Now we know that the NWA has changed not just figuratively, but literally since then, where they are no longer a sanctioning body of wrestling promotions, but rather a single wrestling entity. Um, it still carries the, the same name. It still carries the same legacy. However, uh, the way that they do business has changed quite significantly over the past, uh, I guess, last 73 years. But uh, even more recently with uh, the Lightning One purchase, um, the, the, the brand has been radically different, where initially uh, as world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, and even to a lesser extent, Tim Storm, Cody Rhodes, had that ability to take the 10 pounds of gold basically anywhere. I mean, one of the reasons we celebrated Nick Aldis's first reign as world champion was because was because he had that title, because he had uh, the opportunity to take that belt and travel anywhere else in the world. And when that uh, when that ability uh, stopped, I felt like there was a devalue in the title. We started seeing the world champion in a different a different look because we'd only see the champion defend the title of pay-per-views and those pay-per-views were further and farther in between. And then once the relationship with Ring of Honor ceased to exist and the relationship with, uh, you know, AEW seemed to only really impact, no pun intended, the women's division, it just felt like uh, there's this disconnect. And I mean, I don't have a problem if the NWA only focuses on itself. I don't have a problem if the National Wrestling Alliance just promotes itself and, and stops working with other promotions. But uh, I feel like the, the model that they have set up currently doesn't support that. I'm probably going to be called a ham sandwich chabroni when I say this, but um, why isn't the NWA championship being defended anywhere? Uh, from the best I understand, it's because somebody didn't want to wrestle on small events, small shows. Um, but if you're going to have these associations, where is the NWA champion? If they're going to defend it, let the NWA defend it. When it was at least a, a group of promoters, the NWA champion traveled as much as plausibly po- as possible because that's what the it was for. That's why you were part of an alliance to have one world champion and bring him in. And theoretically, that's what the promoters were supposed to do. But you know, if if you're going to have these wrestlers either have the, the championship defend against them, I mean, I would love to see the current champion uh, Trevor Murdoch wrestle against James Storm, whether that's in um, for an NWA championship. I'd love to see him take on. Um, I think who works for Impact, it's any good. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But I, I'd love to see him wrestle against O'Shea Edwards, who's currently going to be wrestling for the WWGP Championship at the Dog Wrestling Event on Saturday night, October 30th at the Max Pitt, Pitt Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful uptown Glassboro, New Jersey. T plug. Um, I would love to see him wrestle people. against. Oh, you take a breath. Yeah, just I did have one breath, too. I'd love to see him wrestle against all kinds of talent. There's some real talent out there. I kind of almost wish 
somebody with a lot of money would buy the NWA, buy MLW, buy Impact, buy Ring of Honor, and make one promotion, then we'll have a big three like we used to have. And I think I think that promotion would be able to compete against anybody in there because what about Trevor Murdoch versus new MLW champion Hammerstone or anybody from the MLW roster? That's there's so much talent out there that he should be wrestling them, and, and the NWA talent too. I mean, you're not uh, you're you're not wrong there. I mean, a match between Alexander Hammerstone and Trevor Murdoch would be a hoss fight to the highest level. And I think a lot of the NWA fans would be all on board with that. And I'm sure a lot of the MLW fans would be on board with that. But I'm almost positive you'll never see MLW work with the NWA. And then uh, our pal Willie Bowen says, why not Willie Mack? There's your good impact wrestler. Oh, is yeah. he still there? Yeah, he's still there. You know, to go kind of with what Jaden was saying, I do think it's one thing to go out and travel on some of the independent shows and defend your title and stuff like that, where, you know, some of the fans are just, oh, you know, even they don't necessarily know who Trevor Murdoch is. And, you know, let's be honest, it's been a while since he was in a major promotion. And uh, but even if they don't quite know who he is or whatever, you still got this. Well, it's the world champion, and you know our guys going to come in here and wrestle the world champion and everything like that. Whereas part of the problem, and we saw a little bit of this with Ring of Honor, and I'm not, uh, I'm not sure this is part of the reason the first agreement with Ring of Honor kind of fell apart. You know the world. Their world champion is always going to be the top world champion, whatever promotion you're in. And so Nick Aldis can come in and call himself the real world heavyweight champion. He can talk about the history of the NWA and stuff like that. Uh, and the smaller promotions have, you know, more rabid fans typically. And so the NWA title is never going to be a top title anywhere it's not even going to be on the same level as their world championship. I mean, you put the NWA champion in MLW, it ain't going to be the same. You know, the MLW is the world heavyweight champion. This is the NWA champion. We don't really care with what he calls himself. And, you know, our champion is going to face the top guy in the promotion, and their champion is going to face you know, one of our mid-card guys. And, and by the way, probably a similar thing would happen. I mean, look, there's, you know, NWA in, in uh, AEW, why is it just the women? Because they want to Thunder Rosa. And so there had to be an agreement put in place. And, uh, you know, sometimes things are, sometimes things are simple. But now, I will say this before I let Jay ramble on for a minute. I don't necessarily mind, like, the women's tag team champions going to defend their title in ROH because ROH doesn't have a women's tag team title. They are putting them against two of their top wrestlers, and it's more like a special attraction thing. So I think that can work under the right circumstances. Well, I find that interesting. Um, 
because your your exact wording is it's a special attraction i really kind of feel like that's what the 10 pounds of gold is when it goes to any other wrestling promotion it's not there to circumvent that title the the ring of honor world title or the mlw world title or the united wrestling network world title it's there to be a special attraction um and that's why i don't have a problem with that title appearing in other wrestling promotions um but look at what i said though how they were using the nwa title or how places would use the nwa title special attraction special attraction against our mid-level guy to make him look good women's tag team title hey going in against two women who were in our in our world title tournament and are, have been booked as two of the top ladies in our in our area okay there's there's a difference there and i don't know how often they plan on using the nwa women's tag team titles but the truth is they shouldn't use them a lot it should be a rare event because that's what makes it special you show up every week you get the nick aldis burnout show up every week who cares about the tag team champions there's nothing special about first let me let me interrupt you the truth is ron killings and don't you forget it secondly Secondly, no, you're right. I mean, you bring up a good point. You're putting the tag titles on a show that doesn't have tag titles. I, I feel like you are um, you are adding to the uh, the attraction. You're adding to the roster. Um, but we'll move on because I think we'll just have to agree to disagree on this one. Uh, Doty says that it's sad that he'd rather see the uh, that he would rather see the NWA work with MLW than Ring of Honor or even AEW. And I don't think you're alone on that one, Doty. I think a lot of people agree with you. I just feel like uh, under the current set of circumstances, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Oops, I did not mean to do all that. Uh, then secondly, um, Dave Scooby says, is Trevor not wrestling because Billy hasn't okayed the title matches? Let him wrestle and defend the 10 pounds of gold at least once a month. I know that uh, locally here in Southern California, I do know quite a few of the wrestling promoters in the area and i suggested to one of them not david marquez it, what would it take to bring the nwa world's heavyweight championship here and the promoter more or less said to me that uh, they are interested in you know uh promoting the nwa brand um that they want to focus on what they're doing in their own you know, in their own uh town in their own city in their own territory so there's going to be some pushback from some of the promoters who just, you know what, they don't want to work with the NWA or don't want to bring in somebody. And let's not to kid ourselves, the price tag for Trevor Murdoch, who's a former WWE superstar, former WWE tag team champion, current NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, is not as affordable as, per se, some of these indie darlings who are working for uh, significantly less. All right. Well, um, one of the things I'd like to see if we're going to share talent, you know, we joke around Impact Wrestling, but they have one of the best women's divisions outside of the WWE, a very talented women's division. And the use of some women from the NWA, I think it makes it even better to them. Maybe it should come the other way and we get to see Tennille or uh, I mean, we've seen Diana and everything, but I mean, like some of the more cream of the crop, well-known talent 
I mean, if you're going to have the tag team championship, what about against the former Iconics with two eyes against the or the current inspiration with two eyes? Um, there's a former WWE women's tag team champion, uh, women's tag team championship right there. Or what about whoever the former Impact women's tag team champions or what do they call them? Uh, knockouts, knockouts tag team championship if you're going to be a world champion, maybe to wrestle against former world champions and then I'll kind of increase the prestige of the championship. Well, that would make sense. We can't have any of that. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, everything's a balancing act. Sure. And like a lot of things, it's easier to kind of look at something and go, no, that doesn't work than to look at it and go, yeah, that does. Uh, it's the way the human mind is wired. And I don't know, like I said, it just I I would like to see, as Jaden points out, there's certainly more uh, uh, more women in impact. I mean that would be something where I would have a different view if they would send like their not necessarily their top tier women, but you know, some of their mid tier women in to face Camille, but on NWN shows, not Camille going to impact to defend, you know, again, there's a difference in perception under that, under those cases. Uh, Ron, Ron Gibson brings up Rosemary and Havoc as a tag team that could potentially uh, challenge um, team Hex and, and having them included in the NWA, uh, you know, I, again, I think all of these are great suggestions. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with it uh, about it being, um, you know, if you're going to bring in someone to challenge for those tag titles, it should be on the opposing show. Uh, if you're going to bring in someone to, to challenge from Ring of Honor or from Impact or even AEW, it should be on an NWA branded show. And if it's not going to be on power, I mean, why not at a live event like that's happening this Saturday, October 24th in Kentucky by uh, any means necessary? Uh, that'd be a perfect opportunity to introduce talent from a different promotion or, or even new talent altogether. Now, I wouldn't mind seeing a little more of that where, you know, they team up with a an indie promotion to put on a show somewhere and you know let's it's a tried and true show but it's basically NWA talent so you know they worked with them a couple times already before so you know that could be a good thing well our pal our pal Jaden I mean and and he could tell he, he could speak to this quite well I mean the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators were putting an event together um, in in uh, Glassboro, New Jersey, and then the NWA, once they were uh, still affiliated, requested that they host a title match. And so that was a you know a case in time where the NWA went to an ind- you know not really an independent promotion because they were associated with the NWA, but came on to help uh, to, to run an, uh, run that big big league match on that dog event and. Um, I mean, could you see the NWA doing that going forward? Like putting their title matches or these bigger events on some, you know, smaller independent companies? 
will they or should they? It's a different question. I don't think they will. Well, should they? Um, some of these re- independent wrestling events get more buzz than the NWA right now. Um, so maybe they can leech off some of that buzz. And again, working with Impact, ninety-five uh, percent of the wrestlers that are currently working in NWA are former Impact people. You know, we joke around like you don't, you never hear about them. But all this made his name in Impact. Uh, Serena, or what's her name, the um, the w- former women's champion. That's she's uh, Allison K. With Sienna. Sienna, that's it. She worked with um, with Impact. The former television champion Pope. He worked for the WWE, but he kind of the Pope name came from Impact. You know, so I don't know if if it's a lateral move coming to Impact to the NWA, or if it's considered a step down or a step up. But still, the Impact wrestlers now are what's going on right now in the NWA. And who knows it's going to continue to be that way in the future. Maybe we can start seeing some of these wrestlers. And a lot of those Impact wrestlers, they still work a lot of those independent smaller events too. So yeah, that's, I think, full circle. They should be working the small events because that's the only way they're going to get their name out there. Grassroots. I would also think that's a good place to give some of these people the experience that they need. You know, we've talked about Camille, or if you want to build somebody like whatever they're calling Mims now, big something Mims, or big bad daddy Mims, big big strong Mims. Big strong. Well, trust me, all my made up names were better than that. (laughs) Anyway. But, you know, if you want to build somebody like that, nothing builds like experience. Experience working crowds, experience working TV, experience, you know, whatever. And uh, that's one of the reasons they have somebody like Jeremiah Plunkett there at the show. He's kind of the grizzled old vet who can work with some of these younger guys and get better matches out of them. But, you know, if you want... If you want to build somebody like Mims, boy, I'd be telling that boy, take every independent booking you can find. Just keep your calendar clear when we're scheduled to do shows. And, you know, we would prefer if you're wrestling mid and underneath that you go over. But we want you to wrestle top guys, too. And, you know, they're going to go over. And that's okay. What you need is the experience. You know, back when they wrestled 300, 250 to 300 days in a year. You know, guys could get a world of experience in just two or three years. You know, now you're lucky to wrestle, you know, a hundred times in a year. So, but I, I want to segue to something just real quick. Yeah. If I may. Because I couldn't watch your your pre-party show live, but I did go back and watch it. And you brought up something and it kind of has me, I agree with you, and it kind of has me a little bit concerned with how the NWA is doing something. Which is, you can't have a face of your company and a world champion 
wizard. Uh, now you can have a rival, rivalry like Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair where, okay, we got our, you know, who was the face? I don't know, but, you know, maybe it was the two of them together. But if I were watching the, the power shows and everything like that today and being a little more ignorant, and somebody would go, well, who's the star? I go, oh, well, it's Nick Aldis. Who's the world champion? Uh, some guy, some big fat guy. You know, uh, like, they got that any means necessary. Great chance to give Trevor Murdoch a, a good but gimme title defense. And they're teaming him up with Aldis. So I'm, I'm going to throw this to Jaden. I mean, Jaden, is that the way you'd want to book your top champion? No, not at all. It makes ever, makes Trevor Murdoch seem like he can't draw without all this in his corner. Um, it's kind of like a woman's promotion using men because they don't think the women can draw, so they have some men on the card to make sure there's people that are actually there. That's what it kind of reminds me of. They don't think Trevor can draw, and Trevor's better. Trevor's great. Trevor, if he gets a break and a real good opponent and really good booking, and that's probably the hardest part about that whole thing, Trevor could be a major star for the NWA and really lead them into the future. And don't get me wrong, Aldis is pretty damn good, too. Uh, I know he's a huge fan of the Alliance Guys podcast and of Alliance-Wrestling.com. But, um, yeah, he's he's great, too, you know. Um, yeah, they overexpose him, and I have a feeling that's because somebody has an ego when he wants to put himself out there all the time. But, you know, um, I'm trying to say you know as much as DKM and Craig Classic now, but... You know, but uh, I really do think that Trevor could be the man if they let him be the man, and he needs to get away with all away from all this. Not continue. Let's put all this in something else. Put him in the tag team title. Put him in the television title. Put him in the seven thousand two hundred eleven championship that they only have. They have more champions than actual wrestlers on the roster. Put him on one of those belts, but keep him away from the world title right now, and let Trevor Murdoch shine and give him a whole bunch of wins build him up as a serious champion well i think if you don't mind if i interject here i think part of the problem is is the two most likely candidates to challenge murdoch is far too soon right because on one hand I mean, we've got jack Stane, the man who should have been here tonight um you know of course he's preoccupied but they're gonna put him in the steel cage with crimson and that match is gonna be phenomenal probably blow the roof off the off of that, uh, the Valor Hall out there in Oak Ridge, Kentucky. But what I would like to say though is Oak Grove, Kentucky. Excuse me, don't send me hate mail. But what I what I would like to point out though is if it was him and Trevor Murdoch in the main event of that of that show, do you feel like that might be too soon? If you go and grab the Pope, who we all love, the Pope. The Pope is uh, by far the MVP of this show. And we've talked about it at length, how important he's been to the growth of power and how much his presence makes the show better. If you put him in a match with Trevor Murdoch, again, that might be a little too soon. Trevor Murdoch should have a long run with his title, but if you start putting him in matches, like these are big money matches. These should be pay-per-view matches. This isn't a pay-per-view. So I, as much as I do agree with you guys, who who would be that person? Who would you put in the ring? Who would I put? 
Murdoch in the ring with right now. Right now? With oh, that's easy. Adonis. Adonis cheated him out of the national title. They have a history. There's some stuff going on. Adonis comes out and says, you know, I beat you once for a title. I can beat you again. We all know that Adonis ain't going to win the title. It's not really, you know, it's some. It's somebody you can get a good title defense out of. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, put him, in, put him in there with Adonis. Now, of course, again, if it was me, all this wouldn't be around right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, so we wouldn't be putting all this in the ring at all. Ron kind of killed it right here. He says, all this should sit at home for five months and come back as a humble guy. Now, look, I do understand the financials of, of wrestling. I do understand that you're paying this guy who is a draw. We can't take away from all this. He's a draw and he's perfectly uh, capable in the ring. But uh, you're doing a disservice to to Trevor by putting these two as a as a budding partnership, a friendship, whatever you want to say. Now, after this tag match, if they break up and go their separate ways, and this whole mutual admiration society comes to to conclusion, great. But I I feel much like what Jaden was saying a minute ago that it feels like they're not trusting Murdoch to get this over by himself. And I think Murdoch by himself. I mean, let's let's face it. He he knows wrestling. He was trained by Harley freaking race. I don't think it's that. Uh, I don't think it's that much to question if he could get this over, get this program over with with Adonis or with Latimer or whomever they choose to go with. Um, but I think that would make a lot of sense. So yeah, that's a good call, TK. I think that's you're right on the money. I mean, I think you know you got to be careful how and what you do and I, I'm actually going to go back to the 80s to complain about something since Kevin always accuses me of wanting where's, that where is Kevin yeah well Kevin doesn't listen to me he just makes things up but anyway you know I think one of the problems that the NWA had back in the 80s was I can understand not wanting to take your title off Flair but at some point you got to build somebody and, you know, put in a title on, on Kerry for 18 days because his brother died. That doesn't really build anybody. Putting the title on Dusty for two weeks. I mean, that doesn't even build Dusty. You know, he was already a top, you know, top thing in the booker. And I can see not wanting to have a title on the booker, at, you know, at the same time. But... You know, give them three or four months and give some of the other heels a chance, you know. Uh, and then we saw it again with, you know, Ronnie Garvin. I was I was looking at a Facebook post in one of the way too many NWA groups. And they were talking about, you know, Ronnie Garvin, you know, was the worst champion at the time and stuff like that. Well, it wasn't Ronnie Garvin. It was Dusty's booking and you know, that actually caused them to have a real-life fallout. Because he was booked so poorly. And even Sting. Sting had a six-month reign as champion that went over kind of like, you know, a lead balloon. <laughs> and he only had three title defenses that weren't against Reflect. Yeah. 
and uh, Jim Cornette has said on the show many times, you know, Flair versus Sting Drew, and Flair versus Luger Drew, but Luger versus Sting, eh, not so much. But part of the reason was none of these guys were ever really put on that same level. I mean, I, I don't know how you could have screwed up Sting's six-month title reign any worse than they did. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, and it's just, and so it's like, the idea of putting your title on someone is that you're saying that this person is somebody that we can run with, somebody that we can go with, somebody who can be the top, somebody who can draw us money. And if you don't put the title on guys like that, look, if you put the title on Trevor Burdock and then a year or six months or, you know, you got to give realistic time because of, of how they film and how they put this stuff together, you know, and it does nothing for you. Or you put, you know, we all know that all this is paid for more than just his wrestling work. It's paid for his behind the scenes work too. He's listed as a producer for the show. And so, you know, if you can't put all this on the shelf for, you know, six months, three months, and let somebody else get over, then what do you do when all this, you know, finally ready to pack it in or suffers a career in, you know, injuring ending injury or you know something like that well you just effed yourself really hard DK hit that nail on the head go ahead you hit that nail right on the head DK well I was just saying because now you got nobody because you haven't let anybody get over because well it's all the straws oh yeah better you better find somebody else who can too now see that's the part of the problem is if they knew they were going to put the championship on Trevor Murdoch, they should have been planning from the moment they decided they were going to do that. And I have a feeling it was a, quite a while ago, like two or three pay-per-views before that actually happened. Uh, I believe they should have been building up challenges all along. Adonis is a good one purely by accident. And don't bring in Bully Ray. Bully Ray doesn't belong in anywhere near the NWA. Bully Ray, that, that uh, Chris Drummond, I know I love you, brother. You never come to a dog wrestling event, by the way, like you promised. And you're like, thank you. I think you still live in the area. I don't know. If not, fly over. It's worth it. But um, you, you got too much on these guys that don't draw shit. They wouldn't. Bubba Ray wouldn't draw sh- fly, uh, flies. He was covered in shit. And I mean, that nothing against him as a person, but Bubba Ray, Dudley, or Bully Ray, whatever they're calling him, he isn't going to be the the solution. They need to build up their own people. If they're going to bring in somebody, it's just to beat to get beat real quick by not quick, but get beat by Trevor just to build them up for the real top challengers. I'm full of it. I'm full of confidence. I'm full of knowledge. I'm full of actually knowing what I'm talking about. I'm full of actually being a promoter. So uh, what am I full of, Rod? Full of confidence, full of, intel- full of intelligence, full of disdain for stupid people who leave stupid comments. I'm full of a lot of stuff. Hey, but, hey, uh, come on. Rod's a good guy. Don't don't go there. Rod's a good guy. Yeah, you know, so was Dan Severn. But when he asked about a wrestler, all he had to keep saying, he's a good guy. How is he a wrestler? He's a good guy. <laughs> anyway, but uh, the reason Dusty Rhodes got sent away from Florida for years is because nobody else can get over. 
So they would send Dusty Rhodes somewhere else, like the McMahon town, the, town, the, the, the old McMahon, senior McMahon, and let him challenge for Billy Graham's championship. So that way somebody has a chance to get over. Even Jerry Lawler, the guy who owned a piece of the territory, was sent away, sometimes by his own stupidity, by breaking his leg. But he was sent away for a while and allowed other people to get over. So that now allows you to at least have somebody as backup in case something happens like they break their leg or break their neck or break their back. They really should have been building up challengers all along and having strong contenders. They should have did the same thing with Sting. They never had one real challenger built up other than Ric Flair. Barry Wyndham wasn't even built up as a champion. Sid Vicious wasn't even really built well as a champion. Arn Anderson wasn't built well as a contender, I mean. None of those guys were, should have been built up. And what about Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff? Was a brilliant, could have been a brilliant thing have Paul Orndorff get jealous of Sting turn on him. And then he could have had Paul Orndorff as a challenger and had a whole list of guys ready for Sting. They didn't have anybody, and that's the problem. They tried it with the Black Scorpion to see how that works. It's, you really need planning. You need somebody intelligent. Who would I groom right now? Well, the Pope is one of them, but he's far away. The Pope definitely should be somebody. Um, uh, Latimer probably, as much as I'm not as big of a fan of him, he definitely should have been built up. Um, if they're going to work with Impact, there's a lot of good talent in Impact that could use some proper promotion and get into a you know more out there that could really do a great job. Um, there's some independent guys. There's a lot of talent right now on the independent circuit. Find somebody that's a, a diamond in the rough, or as Dr. Zirconium would call it, a Zirconium in the rough. Find somebody who you start and you create, and you start from the very beginning and build him up. There's a lot of talent out there if they just know how to look, and if they had the actual idea how to do it, then it would be done, and we wouldn't be talking about this. And I wouldn't have people leaving comments like Bully Ray. Well, well, I'm sorry, let me say this real quick, and then I'll let you talk. You know, and again, some of this goes to the NWA's philosophy of not having a real roster. Because, you know, how do you build people up if you only got four people that you kind of plan on, you know, four to six people that you plan, and those are their numbers. I'm not making those numbers up. Those are their numbers. Four to six people that you plan to build the show around, and then, you know, yeah, people will come and people will go. That's our, I mean, that, Bill came out, even Lagana when he was part of it. Yeah, we don't expect people to stay. You know, we, we're, we're only going to have a few core people and then, well, okay, have you built somebody then? They have nine months of television, or nine weeks of television that they tape. They built somebody for nine weeks. Then they put them in a championship. They have nine weeks. All right. They, they're they taping what? Two days. And if they build it up right, they can have one challenger build up and then go on to the next one. How many times did uh, Mike Tyson fight a challenger that was built up and just knock him straight down? Maybe he should be the next Mike Tyson. Build up all these great wrestlers and then just knock him down, knock him out and show how dominant where he's a real world champion, why he is where he is and why he's so great. Well, that takes planning. And, you know, they might have their 20-year plan. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so funny. Uh, or whatever, but I think they barely know what the main event of the next pay-per-view is going to be, which is on them. And so, yeah, I mean, look, it's easy to throw names around. And, you know, there, there's some of it there in the chat. It's easy to throw a name around. It's easy to like somebody. But a lot of people don't truly know 
why some things aren't possible. You know, I remember back in the day, people got upset when, uh, what was her name? Amber O'Neill? Yeah. Beat uh, Santana Garrett for the women's title, and Garrett didn't hold the title long enough, and she was defending all the time, stuff like that. Well, of course, she was defending all the time, but not in NWA territories because she wasn't planned on being a long-term champion. So she didn't sign the agreement for what her booking fee was going to be. And so she was trying to charge NWA promoters like twice what they would normally pay, you know, for, you know, more than they were, you know, getting charged for the world title. It was like, no, we don't want that. We're not going to pay that. You don't draw that amount of money. You don't put that many butts in the seat. And that's why she held the title until they can find someone to take it off of. And so, you know, again, throwing some of these names out there, they may sound good, but, you know, the reality is it's not going to work. They're not going to do what you want them to do. And uh, I did see somebody say, bring Miranda Gordy back, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't read your last name real well. Bobby Bobito. But he, oh, okay. And, uh, but you know, he seems just bring Miranda Corey back. You know, a lot of people have liked the Free Babes, and I think it's even surprised the Free Babes. But let me just go on my Free Babe tangent here because I, we talked about this a few weeks ago. But like, they literally brought in these three ladies. It was an NWA invention. They didn't team anywhere else as the Free Babes, they weren't any kind of connection before this. They bring in uh, the daughter of Jimmy Wang Yang, Jazzy Wang Yang. They bring in Miranda Gordy, the daughter of Bam Bam Terry Gordy. And then they bring in uh, uh, Hollywood Jay, who I, I'm not familiar with her mom, but she was a wrestler at Ohio Valley. So she too is a second generation. And the three of them worked, believe it or not, without, without actually competing in a match, without having any history beforehand. The chemistry worked very well for all three of those babes. And I really feel like, number one, they totally underutilized Hollywood J. They didn't even put her in a separate match or an undercard match or anything, a dark match of anything. Um, and I feel like that was a missed opportunity. And, and and you had this creation that I believe Mickey James came up with. I, I don't know who gets credit for it. But then they don't even have them on the Empower television show. They don't They don't bring them back for power tapings. We don't see them ever again. Because they booked them for one night. They, they booked them for, they didn't book them for the shows. They booked them for one night to be part of that tournament. And by the next night, all three were wrestling somewhere else. Well, they should have made better plans. And then that night, if they got over as well, they said, look, you guys get over it. What's your bookings like? Can you make these tapings? At least they should have made an attempt. Also, I just thought of something. You know who I would be uh, building up? Tony Nese. Tony Nese has a great look, exceptional wrestling skills, a high flyer who could also wrestle, former WWE superstar, former Impact superstar, but he's still, he's known enough that he has a little bit of a name, but not known enough that the NWA couldn't make him his own. That's who I'd be building up, and I'd be building him up maybe even for a long-term feud with Murdoch and maybe even future champion. That's who I'd build up. Well, let's let's just get back to the, the to the women's match, and we'll we'll talk more about who the the NWA could potentially build up here in a second. But uh, 
while doing the pre-party on on Tuesday, Poyo Del Mar uh, jumped into the live stream. Now Poyo Del Mar is the manager of Jamie Senegal, and she pointed out that there was no uh, offer to come to the next night, and they were all all of the talent that were not used for the following shows were kind of surprised that they weren't uh, going to be a part of those other shows. So like uh, to, to the point that uh, DK was saying and, and to an extent what I was just saying, their plans, I don't know where they're going with their plans. And, and you know, if you've talked to somebody who works with the NWA, it seems like things are, you know, oh, we know what we're doing. We have this, this focus. We know what we're going. We thought of that. We just didn't do it. We thought of that. We just didn't do it. And it's like, well, why not? Why didn't you do it? You should have done it because it would have made sense. There is no women's tag team in the NWA besides Team X. They haven't paired anyone. The closest thing they have was, uh, was uh, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, Taryn Terrell's girls, Genocide and and Paola uh, Blaze. And, and they haven't done anything with them in weeks on television. And it, it's just like, well, what, what are you doing? You, you had several talents that could have been used as a tag team. You know, hell on hills. They could have stuck stuck around for a few matches for the for TV. You could have brought in again the Hollywood Babes for a few uh, matches for television. They could have done all of this stuff, and they just they just didn't. And I know time, I know money, but like, let's be honest. Billy Corgan is a wealthy man, and if he wants to spend money on something, he can. You know, he could go write another album and make millions of dollars touring, and not even think about the NWA. But this is where his focus and passion is right now and it's like well then how about let's do it full steam and, and quit giving this half-ass approach yeah it sounds like a perfect plan what do you think dk well you know what's funny is for a company that changed so quickly uh, based on the reaction of the fans to uh uh, Thunder Rosa and uh, especially the late uh, question mark. Joe uh, Yeah, Josephus. Joseph Hutton will use his actual name. So it's neither Jake nor fans with Josephus or a question mark. But, uh, but you know, they, they, had, they tried to adapt so quickly, they probably over adapted for question mark. Although once they tuned him up with uh, uh, Stevens, that was that was kind of a. It was interesting because Stevens made it interesting, and so, but you know, people were like already raving about the rebates before they even did the show. People were talking about, oh man, I hope they win the titles more than just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, people are going, oh, I can't wait to see them. I mean, it brought an excitement to people. And if the NWA is paying attention, and I I really think they pay attention to, like, their live audience some and any internet audience that agrees with them. And outside of that, I don't really think they listen that much. And... I mean, Billy Corgan should have seen the that was up. Man, I would have booked them all over the tapings. I can see not using them necessarily 
you know, on the next pay-per-view, but they film things before that pay-per-view. They film things, you know, on and off all day, the next two days, you know, empty arena matches. Well, get started. But, you know, why wouldn't you have adapted to that? Why wouldn't you have said, oh my gosh, let's let's get them like at least on standby if they totally suck we can let them go but you know the fans are reacting to them so let's you know let's get them on standby well they want to book them for a night and that's what they did well and i think uh just real quick i want to point out what ron said dude i have no problem with you not liking josephus's in-ring work but DK has consistently said he wasn't even charismatic and tell me that crowd was not charmed. I mean, I was there and I, DK and I have gone back and forth on this. He certainly did charm the crowd, but getting back to the matches well, after I, taped, I mean, I've also said he charmed a crowd that was in its second or third day of tapings, long days and who were, who were hardcore and they were basically cheering anything and everything. So, everything. Well, but you know what I mean. Uh, But they did cheer for the Rock and Roll Express when they won the tag titles. So, I mean, there's that too. Right. And so that's a situation that's outside of the norm of what people who are watching stuff like that. You know, I I went and saw a movie called Batman Forever. If anyone's ever seen that movie, they know it more or less sucks. And... But I really enjoyed that movie. Do you know why I really enjoyed that movie? Because the crowd that I was seeing it with were really into it. And we cheered and we clapped and we yelled at the screen and everything. It was a fun time had by all. And then you go back and you go, oh, man, that was great. And then six months later, the DVD comes out and you run out, buy it, and you pop it in your thing and go, this movie sucks. I think you meant VHS or Laserdisc. Whatever it was. <laughs> Probably VHS. Beta tapes. Beta, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, then you watch it and you go, man, this sucks. And you could tell people who were at the show and people who weren't at the show when it came to question mark. Because a lot of them who weren't at the show but did watch it didn't necessarily get it the same way. Now, of course, there were diehard fans that, again, the NWA can do no wrong, so... Oh, what? Question mark's over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. But, so, sorry, Ron. Uh, I I don't think he carried over on television the way he did their live. Anyway, let's, let's get back to some more uh, modern day stuff. What would Luthez do says the TV tapings felt like Groundhog's Day with the same ladies over and over again. And, and you're right. It, that's, that seems, you know, what we're kind of, what we kind of got from power was the same ladies over and over again. Um, and, and, you know, just on this most recent episodes, uh, Sean Vegas says wrestling promoters don't listen to fans on the most recent episode of power surge. We had those two empty arena matches. And I believe that there could be more empty arena matches that were filmed. And it's like, uh, you know, again, these wasted opportunities. Tom Latimer and and Tim Storm's a good match. And although I don't feel that was the best match they've ever had, it was still a pretty good match from this last episode of Power Surge. 
But, uh, you know, if they were able to tape matches like that and they have some matches in the can, then, you know, why not tape some more women's tag team? Even if it's you're just throwing random women together, Kylie Ray and Tootie Lynn Ramsey, if they just had one tag team match at some point on TV before, uh, you know, by any means necessary, at least it wouldn't feel so random that they were just thrown together. This might be an unpopular opinion, but they really didn't even need a women's tag team title. It was done as a publicity stunt, just like the WWE has done it. Just like, well, actually, you know what? Impact at least done their knockouts championship kind of right the second time around. But it's just a publicity stunt. If you don't have enough women wrestlers to be able to put on 10 quality challenges for the World Women's Championship... Uh, then you don't have enough women's wrestlers to be able to have 10 quality tag teams to face or even five. You know, I I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. And that's something uh, that we've kind of mentioned on the show before, not, not about the women's title, but the fact of the matter is that there's a world's heavyweight title. There's a national championship that we all thought was being rushed back too quickly. The tag titles, the men tag titles. Then you also have the now TV title, to go along with the Burke and now the women's tag team championships. Number one, your roster isn't that large to require that many championship belts. Number two, your show is between 45 minutes to 50 minutes every week. You don't have that much time to fill to put on a championship match, championship matches. And then when you have a title that is okay, with well, the six minutes and five second time limit, it's basically never going to be the main event on the show. And it just, it, it, it has this way of like, you guys, you're, it's too crowded. If you added another hour to the show, if you brought in some more talent, if you worked this out a little bit differently, yeah, then it would make sense. But under the current setup, no, there was no need for a women's tag team division. There was no need for to have both a national championship and a TV title. They basically do the same thing. They're a, a means to an end to get to the 10 pounds of gold. And quite frankly, the only champion that's been utilized correctly on power was Pope as TV champion. You know, uh, other than, well, first of all, Jake nailed it on the tag team thing. It was something big to announce to help get power, uh, power over. And honestly, I don't think they ever really thought about it much past that. And so, you know, they did a they did a silly angle of singles matches on on power to set up champion or challengers for the women's match. And then after they did that, they kind of forgot about it. So I guess maybe on the empower power episode, they might do something with that. I think for sure that's what they're doing is it'll that show will be highlighted by the women's tag team title match. Now, if they were going to do something like put a show that focused on the women, then you could go, okay, you have champion, you have tag team champions. That makes sense. You bring in about, oh, I don't know, 14 women. Who can kind of work the show, you know, between the singles and the tag teams, you know, the, you know, then you have something. And, and look, that's not the only thing. I, I don't know why AEW is doing a TBS title for women and why their TBS belt says hose. <laughs> Thanks, Cornette. 
Oh, I, a lot of people pointed that out before he did. In fact, he was, he got it from other people pointing it out. It was like, oh, and like they say, once you see it, you can never unsee it. Nope. And, uh, so I don't know what they were doing. But yeah, you know, if they were going to do a show that focused on women, even if it wasn't a weekly show, if they were going to have, you know, like one episode of Power a month, that was going to be an Empower show. Yeah. You know, then you would sit there and go, okay, you know, I, I, I can see, I can see featuring, you know, the women's title on one episode and, and then, you know, featuring the uh, tag team titles on, on the next episode or whatever. But it's like, no, we just, we just want to get something out there. I mean, well, look, I'll be honest. I think they did the women's pay-per-view just because, uh, WWE have basically said we're not going to do anymore because it didn't really sell. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And, and let me ask, this is a question to not just you and Jaden, but also our viewing audience. You know, one of the interesting things that the WWE did was the, they did the May Young Classic, and then they also had the 205 tournament where they focused in on a specific genre of wrestling, right? Like, they never went to the extent of a hardcore uh, series of tournaments or or even a tag team tournament that wasn't part of the norm. But how would you feel if if the NWA were to do a monthly thing? Maybe they made it available on YouTube where that they focus in on one title, one division, one show. So like a, a, an entire women's show, but it treated like a like a clash of the champions where it'd be something they gave away for free, but it was high quality stuff to kind of get people to come back to check out fight to check out uh the nwa subscription service put on a good match and said hey if you like this check this out over here or you know if it's not a woman's match maybe it's a certain style of wrestling maybe a uh you know i I think they used to do the king of flight tournament where it was like a, a cruiserweight tournament or junior heavyweight tournament where they had high flyers i know that's not typical for the nwa but imagine if they did something similar to that or or, you know, like, a, you know, hopefully we get a Crockett Cup in 2022. But if they did something like that, again, um, offering it for free to try to draw an audience to watch them on fight. What, Jaden, what do you think about that? DK, what do you think about it? An audience, what do you think about it? I'm kind of tired of tournaments. Uh, AEW does a tournament every other week, it feels like. <laughs> uh, the May Young Classic was great at first. Even the second one was pretty good. Um, the Cruiserweight Classic was good until they couldn't sign the two people they really wanted to win, so they substituted the uh, the booby prize on TJP. But um, it, it there's just too many tournaments. Tournaments need to mean something nowadays. They just can't randomly be out there for no reason. There has to be something special. Um, the Crockett Cup was to celebrate 50 years of Jim Crockett promotions. So that was the reason the whole Crockett Cup was even started. Then um, the King of the Ring was a big-time tournament in one building that they used to do and then branched out to be something special. And now it's on some kind of blood money show in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Um, But there needs to be a reason for a tournament. It just can't randomly throw them out every other week. I'm going to have a tournament now where everybody is going to wrestle with one leg. We're going to have the... uh, the uh, handicap tournament where everybody has to lose an arm or something like that. There's a tournament for just some, every reason. We needs to be something special. 
Uh, Luthez says that you're on point. There's far too many tournaments in wrestling these days. Um, our pal Ron says Japan does the best tournaments. I mean, no doubt about it. The G1 Climax is uh, pretty much all it's talked about uh, around this time of the year. It's one of the things that helps promote New Japan Pro Wrestling and really puts it on the map. And there isn't really anything like that here in the United States. Uh, not for a lack of trying. The King of the Ring isn't close. And AEW's Eliminator tournaments don't really put you there. But uh, that's a that's a good point too. So I guess I guess I'm the only one that would be inclined to see a, a style of wrestling themed show. It wouldn't even necessarily need to be a tournament, but just a show that would be you know focused on that style of wrestling. The problem is when you, I'm not opposed to it, but the the issue is it lo- the more. The more anything is done, the more it loses being special. That's true. And so you would have to have enough uh, special type of shows to and have them far enough apart, like probably not every month, but maybe every other or whatever, to where it can maintain some kind of specialty. I mean, you know, look, go look up the tag teams for the Crockett Cup. Uh, what was it? 80, 86 and 87? 85, 86, 87? I don't remember exactly. You sound like an auctioneer. <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember exactly the years they ran. But if you go look at them, you'll see that even by the third, in which... You know, the team that won, I don't even think was a team at the beginning of it, which was Sting and Luger. You know, you have a hard time feeling it. People don't care anymore. And it's just, you know, it, it loses its speak. It loses its entry. And, and then you got to do things right. You know, the biggest thing that the WWE screwed up from their cruiserweight tournament wasn't creating a cruiserweight championship but let Vince get a hold of it long enough for it to mean nothing and then they try to you know and then they give them their own show and nobody watches it nobody knows why it's still on the network slash peacock and you know it just you know, there are several times that the women's tag team titles just almost been completely forgotten. And, you know, typically there's only like two or three teams put together that have any interest in it. I, I do want to point out real quick, because Willie always cracks me up with the uh, digs at Tyrus. He said Tyrus versus the refrigerator would be a great match. I tell you what, though, that refrigerator is going down. <laughs> I hope he falls in the refrigerator and the door shuts. We don't have to see him anymore. Uh, like Cherry Johnson I, from uh, 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 Punky Brewster. I missed a statement from uh, Chris, apparent, uh, Chris Dog here apparently a little bit earlier, and I want to get Jaden's thoughts on it. But uh, where is it? Thoughts, thoughts of Corgan almost signing Tessa Blanchard. You know, Tessa Blanchard right now is Andrada um, kind of, um, but. If they could possibly rehabilitate her, she's a real, real, real talent. 
nobody really liked Tully in real life, and nobody really liked him as a as a wrestler. They just loved watching him get his ass kicked. Maybe if they could possibly have that happen to Tessa and be a lot more like her father in the ring, money wise, and not much like her father in the, outside the ring with all the uh, controversy. Maybe they can make some money off of that. I, you know, Tessa, she has a attitude problem. She has a really horrible thought on uh, how she thinks of other wrestlers, especially of women of color. And I definitely don't agree with that, but the talent's there. And if maybe she can go to a special class and learn how to be sensitive, maybe she could be something. Now, she was known for wanting to wrestle, not wrestle women anymore, but wrestle men. And I'm very anti intergender. uh, intergender. Because, again, to me, that's just one of the things that screams, you know, make me fit. I know wrestling's a scripted thing, but don't, you know, you're supposed to help me suspend my my disbelief. And, you know, Ronda Rousey once said, she goes that, you know, maybe she could or couldn't beat the men's band uh, weight championship in UFC. She goes, it would probably be a hell of a fight, but I'm not going to be in there put something where a woman's getting hit by a man. Yeah. And, you know, at, and, you know, she's 130 pounds and I've watched her wrestle you know, it was like the one time a year I watched Impact, and she wrestled one of the guys from Reno's Gun and pinned him cleanly. So here she was wrestling a—I don't know how how big is Reno's Gun, Jay? You've seen him live. Um, Adam Thornstone—that's the one that she faced. Uh, you know, he's not—he's uh, he, not the biggest guy. Um, Luster the Legend is the big dude in the tag team. Um, so he's a, he's much smaller. He's I wouldn't quite classify him as a junior heavyweight, but he's more more akin to a junior heavyweight than he would be a, a heavyweight. So he was a smaller guy, but uh, even still, um, Buffalo minus two hundred. Uh, I would say probably right at two hundred. So you know, two hundred. So here you have this two hundred pound guy going up against this hundred thirty pound woman getting beat cleanly. Now, why should I take him seriously ever again? Well, I mean, but, but with that same terminology, you know, Rey Mysterio beat Kevin Nash and, and uh, you know, Paul White, the giant, back in WCW days. Why why were those guys ever taken seriously again? The match, I, I don't know how many times it happened, so I can't speak if it happened more than once. The one I saw was basically Kevin Nash put him up for the power bomb or whatever he called it called it and Ray just punched him in the head so many times that he collapsed and then Ray basically used his own weight against him by ca- you know catching his legs Ray was beat up the entire match sure it wasn't competitive he was beat up the entire match and got a free win so that you know that's different than you know hey I'm going to put these people in together and they're going to be competitive and you know, and get this convincing victory. Let me um, let me share my two cents on Tessa. Um, I I tend to agree with what our pal Willie said, which is please no Tessa Blanchard. But with that being said, um, 
this is it for her. This is her last shot. And she's with uh, the Women of Wrestling, which is, uh, you know, that's owned by Jeannie Buss. Um, she's also uh, the majority owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. If she knows how to rehab an image, if there's anyone that can do it, it would be Jeannie Buss. And the fact that they're uh, working together and, and WOW is being put on such a prominent position with uh, CBS and Viacom, I, I really think that they could do something here that might make might make Tessa palatable. Um, now, it seems like from the social media and some of the merchandise that's coming out from WOW, I mean, they're literally, literally uh, there's a t-shirt with Tessa Blanchard on it and it says nuclear heat. And at first I thought that was a rib. I thought that was our pal Hebes from the uh, fr- from the uh, kayfabe memes. I, I thought that was just a joke, but it was legit a t-shirt from WOW that has Tessa Blanchard on it. says nuclear heat. So I don't know if they're embracing the fact that she is uh, borderline toxic or or what. But again, I really feel like they could rehab her uh, through that WOW uh, television program. And then, of course, um, what would we do? Rehab WOW. Well, WOW, look, WOW needs the superstar power. They need somebody. This is a very uh, symbiotic relationship, right? Because WOW doesn't have anybody. They don't have a name. They don't have, you know all the top women talents are all spoken for. I mean, if there was some way that they could pull Ronda Rousey in, maybe people would be talking about it. But for the most part, it's a glorified indie promotion. And, and you know, you talk about who are the great women wrestlers right now, you know, uh, uh, obviously uh, Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, um, Sasha Banks, Bianca Blair, Donna Perrazzo, I mean, there's so many strong, talented women in the opposition, and you're starting a women's wrestling promotion, and the top women are unavailable. And Tessa Blanchard could probably hold a candle to some of those talents that are in AEW, that are in the WWE, but she'll never get a fair shot there because of her own stupidity, her own uh, callous thoughts and and expressions in the ring will, will prevent her from doing that. So wow is benefiting by using this talent who nobody else wants to use and if they could put her in the right shine and and shine it up real nice people could get could buy into it you know uh, this nation used to be a very forgiving nation and people have said many many bad things in the past and have been able to work towards redemption and again if uh you know if anybody can help her do it i really think genie bus and the uh the power of uh, women women's wrestling could help but I do like what what Luthez would uh, what would Luthez do said if controversy creates cash bring all the canceled wrestlers and piss off the world. I mean, don't tempt Billy Corgan because he might do that. Well, he's already using Tyrus, so right there, if you're going to use somebody who's going to accuse of sexual harassment, he might as well. But well, um, you know, there's a difference though. <clears throat> there's a difference though between somebody being stupid and ignorant, like Tessa. You can re, you know, it's very, 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 very difficult. But you actually can fix stupid. Usually, it's with a sledgehammer, but it can still happen. Um, you know, maybe she can learn from her mistakes. People do stupid things when they were young. I'm still aching and hurting all over for all the stupid things that I've ever done, and I'm paying for it now. But you can rehab yourself on that. What you can't rehab are like sexual predators. You can't rehab uh, women abusers. Uh, well, uh, there's one in in NWA too we'll ignore that too but um, you can't 
You can't rehab pedophiles. Those people are now they're beyond redemption. So it's like you can't redeem Hitler. Tessa may be a clanswoman, but she's not Hitler yet. And they possibly, you know, with some sensitivity training and education, maybe can do something about that. You can at least do something on that. But you can't fix just the disgusting things of what the other ones are accused of. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, somebody like Marty Scrolls is getting booked in Puerto Rico again. Somebody who I thought was canceled. I thought we were done. Uh, there a couple months back, he he was uh, he came to Los Angeles to be a part of New Japan Strong, and those boys leaked that shit out. Part of my French, and he got pulled off the shows because they didn't want him there. The boys didn't want him there. You know that wasn't coming from the office. The boys leaked that information to get him the heck out because did not want him on that show. Uh, you know the office in New Japan doesn't know what the going ons of Marty Scroll are, but I guarantee you. Carl Fredericks does. I'm pretty sure you know a lot of those guys. I'm not saying Carl Fredericks said it. Let me let me make sure I'm distancing that. I'm not saying any he is the one that ratted anybody out, but that came from the locker room. Yeah, but you know what? Puerto Rico has also allowed Invader One Ray Gonzalez to wrestle after murdering Bruiser Brody. Uh, there's been there's been. Um, a wrestler from the Northeast who went down to Puerto Rico for years, came back, and it seems like it's all forgiven. Uh, time, time makes a lot of people forget what's go, what goes on. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, I, I think Squirrel will probably be for now at least regulated to uh, Puerto Rico. Jaden fell my line, so I'm not going to slam that, but. You know, what a lot of corruption there in Puerto Rico, in the especially in the wrestling side, they make the Gotti family look like you know, nice upstanding suburban family. So, I, you know, look, we had that here with SWE. I don't know who, but someone decided to bring in that mishmash guy that's got way too many views with Nick Aldis. How do you get that many views when you don't have a show? Anyway. And he means James Ellsworth, Jay. I see you look confused. Okay. It froze and, on my end. Sorry. And, and uh, you know, I was one of the first people to gripe about that. Got my message deleted. I know Jay said something bad. It got his message deleted. And then all of a sudden, the post was deleted. <laughs> we did and, the Lord's work on that one, fellas. And but the interesting thing was, not only was the post deleted, but in standard wrestling thing, they basically denied it ever existed. He was never booked. It was never planned. Nothing. And they wouldn't use his name. It was just kind of that, you know, they were basically just like, oh, a controversial figure that may have been mentioned in association with us has never been booked, was never planned to come in. And, you know, there was never a post about that. <laughs> it was basically what they say. Sammy to make a screenshot of it. Yeah, right. I think I did. So... Uh, we're get we're coming up to the uh, 
hour and a half we've been on. And uh, again, a lot of fun. It's been great having Jaden back in the house. And I hope you guys have enjoyed it. This is kind of more in line what we used to do uh, with a bigger influence, more on the multiple NWA promotions. Because at the time there were, you know, damn near close to 50. Um, now we're back to just one singularity. Uh, but, you know, this is what the old the old Alliance Guys podcast was, where we would just sit here and talk about the NWA and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, always try to put a positive spin on the, the promotion that we cared so much about. And we still do that, guys. I mean, we're still talking about power, but uh, I, I know I'm speaking for DKM here, and I know I'm speaking for Kevin Frazier, uh, whose legacy is tied to that NWA brand. We still want to see it succeed. The fact of the matter is it just just seems to get in a, its own way um so anyways thanks again for being here guys we're gonna wrap it up dkm if the folks want to follow you on the social medias how do they do that uh you're interested in my wrestling stuff where i primarily retweet stuff and occasionally make statements follow me at, on twitter at dkmfwtx all my other social medias are more boring and i don't post a lot and now, the moment we've all been waiting for, the Solar Power Love Machine is going to tell you about his uh, the event he's working on October 30th in in Glassboro, New Jersey, at the Max Fit Sports Center. Breathe this time, Jaden. Breathe. Take a deep breath, Jaden. Let it fly, brother. <laughs> well, we got the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators event, Max Fit Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful Uptown Glassboro, New Jersey. We have the main event of Ray Jazz defending the w- his dog championship against former champion Dirty Money. We have the WWGP Heavyweight Championship on the line as Chris Steeler defends against Ring of Honor superstar, the big bad Kaiju himself, O'Shea Edwards. The new dog tag team champions, the Brick City Boys, defend against former two-time dog tag team champions, the South Philly's Finest. You have, yes, dogprowrestling.com. Make sure we always get that plug. You have the old school empires himself patch one half of the old school empire he's going to be taking on main event mike mars we have uh the grudge match ty thomas against nico's ricos as a grudge rematch we have a um Glassboro's own ring of honor superstar eric martin taking on another ring of honor superstar joe keys we have all those great professional wrestlers and we also have daredevil dave doll <laughs> tickets are $15. You can get them at the Max Fit Sports Center the day of the event. Uh, make sure you get your tickets now. South Jersey's number one wrestling promotion. Glassboro's only real wrestling promotion. Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, the true boss of professional wrestling. Come check it out. Major Leagues of South Jersey Professional Wrestling. That's Dog Pro Wrestling. www.dogprowrestling.com And I have no idea what the other socials are, so I'm going to leave that up to Jay because I don't have social media. I don't like people. No, we'll just leave up dogprowrestling.com. Uh, I know that you can get to the, all their information there. And uh, again, I have two things to say. Sam. Uh, first of all, is being the best wrestling promotion in South Jersey, like, you know, being the Careful. nicest guy in prison? I know that's where you're going to go. There's like 225,911 of them right now. Um, so it's actually a big deal. There's more wrestling promotions in New Jersey than watch the NWA on power on Fight TV. 
Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. There are so many wrestling promotions. I don't know why why anybody falls any of them. But that being said, there's one that's getting ready to make a comeback. They hosted the the WrestleMania weekend NWA event. Uh, iconic, iconic heroes of wrestling excellence, and uh, they've been kind of quiet for the last few years. Uh, the guy that runs it, there was some stuff that happened in his family, and uh, uh, he took some time off and. He's going to ready to make a comeback in 22. So hopefully I can bring you some news about them. He does have a, a philosophy of working with all the local promotions and getting done what can be done. So hopefully we can share some news in the new year about that. Well, there you Dan, go. what about you? I have no wrestling promotions I'm closely associated with. Uh, I am not involved in any wrestling matches that are coming up anytime soon. I do book wrestling. I talk wrestling. And so you can follow me on all the socials at the Alliance blog. And that's where we talk NWA with you, the hashtag NWA fam. Of course, uh, the, the YouTube page, you guys have been killing it. We're finally a, we, we've hit that 762 mark and uh you know at a thousand our good friends over at nwa gold are going to give away a replica of the crown championship the one that was worn by uh harley race that was held by uh uh, uh, uh dory funk jr and i also believe that that was a belt that was worn by um uh, Briscoe too. So, anyways, that title is up for grabs, or you have your choice. You can take that one or the ten pounds of gold, which uh, Tim has also uh, made available. Your pick. Once we hit a thousand subscribers, one of you guys here that are in this chat, one of you guys who have subscribed to this channel, will get an opportunity to win that championship. I think that's really cool, and uh, that's all positive. Thanks to Tim, and uh, we do appreciate hey, that, Chris. Chris uh, posted a breaking rumor, I'll call it. Go for it. Uh, according to Chris, Adonis uh, Aldis is rumored to be headed to Impact, at least for, I guess, maybe a storyline. Because Mickey James got clotheslined by Matt, and I don't know who Matt is. And I guess okay, he was with Yana. So, you know. For him. Yeah. It's got to be doing something, right? Could all this, you know, be spending some time with his former Impact family? I, 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 again, I think it's not a bad idea. Uh, it'll maybe get some more eyes to all this, and maybe it'll keep, maybe sending him to Impact will get him off the NWA TV for a while. Yeah, keeping him off of the TV to me is the big deal. Uh, Anyways, that's going to do it, guys. Again, we do appreciate you, and we do appreciate you being here. Real and, quick, uh, Jay, I just got a message from Dr. Zirconium. Uh-oh. He says, if anybody listening to this program wants to come to a dog wrestling event and they wear their alliance-wrestling.com t-shirt, any one of them, he will give them dog tickets half off. So they Ooh. can come, if they wear that shirt, to the dog event. Anybody listening to this event, if they, or anybody who's bought that, um, listened to the show or bought that, you can come half off to the dog pro wrestling event 
Dr. Lauren Zirconium. And also do me a favor. I don't think the dog Facebook gets enough love. Check. I mean, sorry, the dog uh, YouTube gets enough love. I think those videos need some more views. So since you're going to Alliance-Wrestling.com or you're going to DogProWrestling.com, check out some of those uh, YouTube videos from Dog Pro Wrestling and give us a like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I was talking to uh, Jaden earlier today. That that dog YouTube page, there's so much good wrestling, completely free. Um, you know, we I always try to uh, advocate, you know, free wrestling for the fans. Um, that page has so many, so much good wrestling, uh, all based in the Northeast, out in Jersey. Uh, definitely, you guys should check it out. I highly recommend it. But we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna say good night. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for being part of the show. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance blog. Remember, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.